Hello, and welcome back to the Spring to Life podcast. I'm Caitlin, your host slash hormone health coach, femme educator, Pilates instructor, and creator of the Spring to Life method. My goal is to promote feminine body independence and share stories of female resiliency to help you love your body more and unleash your inner superpower, your period. If you are a new listener joining me this week, first of all, welcome. And second of all, I'm going to invite you to follow the show. Just open up whatever app you use to listen to your podcast and click the follow button on my show, Spring to Life Podcast, to make sure that you get each new weekly download on Monday so that you can listen easily. And welcome to the community. Thanks for being here. We are going to discuss this week five more hot girl hormone habits. My part one of this series was pretty popular, so I'm going to keep the ball rolling and we're going to discuss five of my favorite habits for hot girl hormones. So today we are discussing five more easy habits that you can integrate into your daily, weekly, monthly routines that are going to support hot girl hormones or healthy hormones. So I want to give you a few disclaimers before we jump in. Hot girl hormones does not necessarily implicate anything that has to do with like external um, visual aspects of yourself. It's more about creating habits that make you feel hot from within. In my part one, I said that hot girl hormones could be interchangeable with confident girl, sexy girl, happy girl, healthy girl, whatever resonates with you, put in that adjective there. Um, This is just about you feeling good. And you know, when you feel good on the inside, it radiates on the outside. So that's what we're going for here. Second disclaimer, if you haven't already listened to part one, don't worry. You can listen to it after these habits, these tips are in no particular order. So take what resonates, leave what doesn't, integrate the habits that feel like they are going to be the simplest and easiest for you to start with. Because when you're creating new habits and new routines, that is the most important part. You want it to be something attainable, something that you can see yourself easily starting to do. It's not like you have to completely go off the rails and change everything about your life unless you're really craving an overhaul like that. Starting small and slowly integrating these habits is definitely an easier way to create long lasting change in your health and in your hormones. With that being said, let's start with our first habit for this week, and it is to make your own salad dressing. So this might seem like a little bit off the wall for you, but if you tend to feel puffy or bloated or inflamed a lot of the time, you might want to perk your ears up and listen in here. So this kind of goes a little bit deeper than just salad dressing, but this is one of the most notorious items on the shelf in the grocery store that has seed oils in it. And these are the types of oils that we don't want to ingest regularly. So seed oils or rancid oils are, you can kind of put the umbrella of vegetable oils on them, but to break it down, canola oil, corn oil, safflower oil, sunflower oil, soy oil. I don't love grapeseed oil. So any of the, any of these 
oils that if you turn over the label and you see them on the on the label on the nutrition label of your salad dressing that means that they are high in omega-6 fatty acids so we want a higher ratio in our body of omega-3s to omega-6s because omega-6 fatty acids cause inflammation in our body and when we're trying to work on our hormone health, we wanna be reducing inflammation. So store-bought salad dressings, not only are they packed with these seed oils, but they tend to have a lot of added sugar and preservatives and things that just aren't great for your health. And I love this swap because it's such an easy thing to do. Making your old salad dressing is not that complicated and it's so delicious. My boyfriend actually told me that the salad dressing that I make is the best dressing that he's ever tasted. It's the only one that he ever wants to eat. Um, and you can really, this recipe is malleable. So you can make it the way you want. You can make it taste however you want. You can season it however you want. But the base recipe is really simple. And you can really put anything into dressing um, to flavor it the way you want. So my go-to and I'm gonna give you some measurements, but I really just eyeball it every time I make it and then taste it and see what it needs more or less of and kind of even it out from there. But all you need is extra virgin olive oil, a vinegar, I usually use apple cider vinegar. Um, that's one that my boyfriend loves, but I have found that a white balsamic vinegar is absolutely delicious. So I go about a half a cup of extra virgin olive oil, two tablespoons of vinegar, a teaspoon of Dijon mustard, uh, just a dollop of honey, maybe less than a teaspoon of honey, depending on your taste, a teaspoon of Italian seasoning, salt and pepper to taste, shake that up in a jar, toss your salad with that dressing. It is so delicious. And like I said, you can adjust the ratios of all of the ingredients to meet your taste buds. And it really is just so delicious. And like I said, you can put anything in salad dressing. This week I was playing around with the kind of like carrot ginger miso dressing that you get at a Japanese restaurant. And the recipe called for a couple things that I didn't have on hand. Um, I used powdered ginger instead of grated ginger. It still tasted great. I used carrot, but I also had some steamed golden beets in my refrigerator and I wanted the dressing to be creamier. So I put in half of a steamed golden beet and blended it up into this carrot ginger miso dressing. Not only could you not taste the beet, but the dressing was so delicious and creamy and obviously then had all of these nutrients from that beet and the fiber and all that just delicious. So making your own salad dressing is just one of the most simple swaps you can make in the kitchen to support your overall health and your hormones. And like I said, you can mix it up any way you like. White balsamic vinegar, lemon juice, you can put herbs in there, fresh herbs, whatever it is that you desire. So hot girl hormone habit number six, make your own salad dressing. Moving right along, hot girl hormone habit number seven might seem a little obvious, maybe a little redundant, but I still wanna throw it out there. It is to start tracking your cycle. And this is because I get a lot of questions when I'm talking about my services, when I'm marketing my services, about whether they include hormone testing. Does this coaching package include hormone testing? Would this include hormone testing? And the short answer is yes, that I can provide you with home testing, which sometimes is a lot more convenient, a la carte, 
Um, and this is a great option, especially if your primary care physician kind of puts up a fight about testing hormones. I've had clients tell me that their doctors told them that they actually can't test their hormones, which is a lie. But the long answer to this is that if you're not already tracking your cycle and or aware of when you ovulate, testing your hormones is not the first place that we should be looking for answers. I don't consider testing hormones, especially estrogen and progesterone, until about month two or three of my Feminine Body Independence Program for this reason. Because until we establish your fertile window, we can't accurately time a hormone test. So the best place to start is tracking your cycle. Get familiar with the four phases, make friends with them, understand what you're looking for. Then we can get an accurate test result and a more linear path to your unique hormone health. So this is because your hormones, primarily estrogen and progesterone, which a lot of times are the ones that we're looking to when we have imbalances and symptoms coming up, they fluctuate throughout the cycle. And if we test at the wrong time, like if we test too early in your cycle, we're not gonna get an accurate read on progesterone because that doesn't spike until the second half of your cycle. So there is a reason for all of this. Um, you know, and there are outlying uh, individuals where maybe you haven't had a cycle for a really long time, you haven't had your period for a really long time, and we just need to know what the baseline is, where we're starting. But I will say that within two or three months of working together and not only like if you're in the feminine body independence program, you're learning cycle charting, you're learning how to determine your fertile window and use that to prevent pregnancy or to conceive if that is your goal. But in working with that, I'm also helping you to tweak your lifestyle, to tweak your nutrition, to adjust your exercise in order to support your hormones. So we might start to see some shifting and resolution in those symptoms before we even get to the testing part. But that is the main reason why uh, I don't come right out the gate testing hormones. So hot girl hormone habit number seven is to start tracking your cycle. And you're, if you're like, okay, but like, where do I start with this? I have the perfect resource for you and I will link this in the show notes. I have a spring to life method, cycle tracking and journaling template. So not only does this help you to track your cycles, get used to what types of symptoms to look for, start to understand the phases of your cycle. It also has a unique journaling method that especially if you deal with anxiety and uh, maybe low feelings and PMS symptoms and you just get really in your head in the second half of your cycle or maybe you don't even know if it's cyclical, it just like comes up or you feel that all the time, this journaling method is gonna really help you to start your day or end your day with a clear head and a clear mind and with positive thoughts. So I will link that in the show notes. I really love this resource. It is really supportive for you if you are in the beginning stages of your hormone health journey. Next up, we have hot girl hormone habit number eight, and it is low impact exercise. Like oil and water, hot girl hormones, and constant HIIT workouts and intense cardio and just really intense workouts all the time, it doesn't mix. 
High intensity workouts, especially in the second half of your cycle, can increase cortisol levels and totally stress your body out. So, and I'm actually going to amend that. Second half of your cycle may be not completely accurate. When we get into the late luteal phase, so the maybe week before your period and then the week of your period, that's kind of what we're talking about. So kind of like bookending the middle of your luteal phase up until your follicular phase. During this time, there's a lot going on internally. There's a lot of inflammation just naturally occurring internally. So when you are externally stressing your body out, you're just kind of exacerbating uh, the problem. So signs that you might want to switch to more low impact exercise include feeling really depleted after you work out, feeling puffy, inflamed, or bloated no matter how much you exercise, long recovery times, frequent energy, uh, frequent injuries and energy crashes either midday or mid cycle, or you feel like you're putting in the work, but not seeing results. So just to kind of put it plainly, you feel like you're in the gym constantly, but you just don't see the needle moving in terms of the results you want to see the goals that you want to hit. Uh, for me personally, I, before I started uh, my coaching business, I was a professional ballet dancer. And in that line of work, you're being very physical a lot of the time, like all of the time. And I got to a point where I just felt like I was, my body and I were fighting with each other because I really hadn't changed too much in my life, but I was so puffy and couldn't build lean muscle tone and just felt really, uh, unhappy with the reflection that I saw in the mirror. And that continued as I transitioned out of that career. I had a little bit of gap time where I was working in fitness studios, especially like a spin studio, doing really intense cardio workouts all of the time. And was my cardiovascular health improving? Yes, uh, to an extent. But I also was constantly re-injuring my neck and back where I had had some issues from whiplash in years prior. I would feel so puffy and like blown up after one of those workouts instead of feeling like leaned out. And it wasn't until I really started diving into hormone health that I started to understand that when you're doing low impact exercise, especially Pilates, you know I'm a big old fan of Pilates, there's this mind-body connection. You are really focusing inward. You're focusing on your breath, that diaphragmatic breathing deep in your belly. And what that does is help to activate your parasympathetic nervous system and bring you into a more restful state. It brings you out of that fight or flight state where our cortisol is high, our stress hormones are high. And that just means there's going to be more inflammation in your body. Your body is hardwired when it gets into that fight or flight response, no matter if it's triggered because you're running from a lion or you're being screamed at in the spin studio, you're in this fight or flight state and your body's in survival mode. So it's holding on to everything that it has literally for dear life. So when you can start to integrate that low impact exercise, it makes such a big difference in how your body responds. You're going to kind of just, I don't know, it feels like magic. Um, and what you kind of come to understand is that it's not just about calories in, calories out. It's not about 
creating that calorie deficit and killing yourself in the gym to see results. It's about working with your energy and working with your body. Um, so low impact exercise will help to stabilize your hormones and get you the results you want when it comes to muscle toning and weight loss. It's going to help you get to your ideal weight. And I think that's something else that we need to consider here is that sometimes we get a number in our, our head of what we want to see on the scale. And that might just be unrealistic. And it's not to say that you shouldn't keep your health in mind. You shouldn't have fitness goals. You shouldn't want to move your body. But there's a difference between the weight that your body is comfortable at and healthy at versus an idea of what it should be that might be rooted more in like comparison or like fitting into a certain item of clothing or whatever it is. Um, and this is something that I really had to unlearn, especially coming from that ballet background where being smaller was ideal. And I realized too that me constantly fighting for that was just not healthy. I had really two options to either be very restrictive and disordered in my eating and my exercise or to accept that maybe I wasn't built to be as small as I was when I was 16, 17, 18, when I'm in my mid twenties, that my your body shifts and changes and starting to kind of tune in and uh, be one with your body and notice where you just feel the most healthy, where you feel the most content, where your body is working. And your cycle is a reflection of that. Your period every month is your report card of what your hormones are doing and your overall health. So your exercise directly has a reflection on your hormone health. And that's something that I really want you to remember. Choosing low impact exercise does not mean you're lazy and it can actually be more challenging than constant high intensity exercise, especially if that's what you are used to. So hot girl hormone habit number eight is to choose low impact exercise. Now, some of you may already know that I have an app. It's called Spring to Life Method, the app. And this is where I share my phase specific Pilates flows. We do cyclical Pilates in the Spring to Life Method app. We've got mat flows, we've got weighted circuit training, we've got stretching and releasing and just kind of meditative yin flows as well. And not only does the app contain these workouts, they are on demand in the library. You can access all of them at any time. There is also habit coaching involved. So this is not just you having a library of workouts in the app in your pocket. This is you having a hormone health coach in your pocket, helping keep you accountable to your goals and making suggestions that are prudent for your goals and what stage of life you're in and what would be helpful to your hormone health. So I have just a few more spaces available because this product is still in kind of like the beta phase of testing. So I have a few more spaces available at $25 a month, which is a complete steal to have me in your pocket. So if you want to get in on this, I'm going to put my Instagram for the app, springtolifemethod.theapp down in the show notes. 
And I want you to DM me and let me know that you are interested in this offer because not only am I gonna let you get in on this at the $25 a month subscription, I'm also gonna give you a free 30 minute onboarding call so that I make sure that I am helping you in the best way possible to achieve your goals. I can schedule workouts for you. It is so awesome. You can DM me anytime you want. Check out the show notes for that. DM me and I cannot wait to help you on your path to hormone health. Okay, we've got two more habits left. So we are on number nine. Hot girl habit number nine is dry brushing. So maybe you've seen this on Instagram or on social media, maybe you thought it was a fad, but this is actually an ancient practice that is over 3,000 years old. And it is about supporting lymphatic drainage in order to support your hormone health. So dry brushing is going to help reduce puffiness and help you detox excess estrogen, which is especially important if you deal with PMS symptoms. and it's super easy to add to your routine. It has so many benefits like lymphatic drainage, which helps to reduce puffiness, as I mentioned. It stimulates estrogen detoxification. It exfoliates your skin and it also lowers stress and cortisol levels. And all of this from a practice that takes about two minutes, which is so awesome. You wanna use a natural bristled brush with medium to soft bristles and work from the bottom up to optimize drainage flow. So you kind of start at the tops of your feet, work up the legs, the backs of the knees, through the groin, all the way up your sides. So we've got lymph nodes all over our body. I'm by no means a lymph expert, um, but this is a pretty basic practice. So I have a video on my Instagram that kind of gives you a short tutorial. I will post that in my show notes, but If you search for lymphatic drainage or dry brushing on Instagram, there are so many knowledgeable lymph experts that have so many awesome tutorials. I learn so much from the accounts that I follow. Uh, So if this is something that you are interested in, there are definitely lots of inspirational accounts that you can find on Instagram that will give you lots of great tips on how to integrate this into your routine. I love doing it a couple times a week before I jump in the shower, especially if I'm gonna shave my legs because it exfoliates your skin. It's gonna give you a nice smooth shave. So that's just kind of like cherry on top, extra perk of adding this practice in. But it's really time spent with your body, time focusing on yourself. And that in and of itself is so healing for your body and having these rituals and routines. So hot girl hormone habit number nine is dry brushing. Last, but certainly not least for part two of our hot girl hormone habit series is using clean beauty and skincare products. Your skin is your largest organ. So the things that we put on our skin matter. So many personal care products contain endocrine disruptors or substances that cause adverse health effects by altering the function of the endocrine or hormonal system. So that means exposure to certain toxins can stimulate more of certain hormones and less of others, resulting in damage to important organs like your thyroid and ovaries. Endocrine disruptors can also damage estrogen metabolism and disrupt certain hormones. This topic can be a little bit overwhelming. Maybe you've seen things about endocrine disruptors on social media or heard about it in the news. 
it is a bit of a like a buzzword these days and it is very very important to become a conscious and consumer i talk about this in a lot of different facets from food to our personal care products it is very important to be aware of what is in the ingredients because it is so impactful on our health um and i think that we kind of have an intuitive sense about this uh but because these things that have natural fragrances and all these preservatives have been so normalized in our society we tend to just fall in line and continue to use them i can remember being just a little kid um in the car with my mom and her her perfume would give me the worst headache. I remember having so many headaches when I was a kid because everybody wore perfume. There were so many cleaning products. And I just like, you think that you are the problem when something like that is cropping up because all of these products were so normal. Now, and I remember begging my mom not to put her perfume on before we get in the car. And I don't think I won that battle too many times. Um, Looking back though, now I can see that that was my body telling me that something isn't right here. Something is is making you feel sick. So, and I think that this happens to a lot of us in our houses and we don't even know how the air freshener that we have plugged in is affecting our health. We don't even know how the lotion that we're rubbing on our body every day is absorbing into our skin and somehow causing symptoms that we're living with. We don't see this direct correlation because how could we? But when you start to remove these products from your environment and stop using them on your skin, you then experience the healthful benefits of being fragrance-free and preservative-free. Now, again, I think this is somewhere where you should take baby steps unless you are really dealing with some severe symptoms of like headaches and maybe digestive issues and skin rashes. And there, I mean, there is a whole wide range of symptoms that you might be experiencing as a result of contact with endocrine disruptors. But I think the most Uh, approachable way to start on this hot girl hormone habit is to just do an audit of the products that you're using currently. So an easy way to start is to download either the Yucca app, Y-U-K-A, or the Environmental Working Group app, the EWG. And they have a feature in their apps where you can scan the barcodes of the products or in the EWG app, you can just look them up. They have a feature where you can search, but get an idea of how safe your products are. You don't have to throw everything out and start completely fresh because number one, that's overwhelming. Number two, it's expensive. Number three, it's wasteful. So do an audit of what you've got, what you're using. If something grates horribly, if it's super toxic, then yes get rid of it and replace it with a safer alternative. But if something's almost empty, if it's something that you like, if it's something that is kind of like in the middle range, go ahead and finish using it. And then as you finish using these products, start to swap them out with safer alternatives. 
It doesn't have to be super overwhelming. So when it comes to skincare, a few of my favorite brands are Beauty Counter, Coco Kind, Botnia. I've been loving this brand Versed that I found at Target. So Coco Kind and Versed you can get at Target. Beauty Counter you can order online if you are interested. I love Beauty Counter products. They're very high quality and you get a lot of product for the money that you spend. So if that's something that you're interested in, I can help you get a discount on your first order. Botnia products are great because they are all uh, small batch botanicals made in Sausalito, California. Um, so there's really something for everybody, for every price range, for every uh, skin need. And if you have questions around this, I'm, I love skincare is kind of what got me in on my hormone health journey because I used to have horrible cystic acne and I tried every greenwashed product out there and couldn't understand why it wasn't working, why my skin wasn't healing. And now I know, first of all, there was a lot of internal gut healing and emotional healing that I needed to do, but also companies lie on their labeling. They make things look as appealing to you as possible in order to get you to buy it. So Maybe you're a Kiehl's lover, but that was one avenue that I went down convinced that these were safer products for my skin, that they were going to be better for my sensitive uh, hormonal acne. And maybe I saw an incremental change, but by no means the miracle cure that I was looking for. And then I came to realize that these products were greenwashed. They were the designs on the label were meant to make me think that they were safer and healthier than they actually were. So again, this is where we have to be really conscious consumers. And the great thing about having the Yucca app or the EWG app is that when you're at the store, you can just scan the barcodes, you can compare and see what is going to be best for your skin needs and for uh, the ingredients and for the price point. So I love talking about skincare products. If this is something you want some help around, I would be happy to help you in the DMs. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out and I will um, be happy to give you some suggestions and help you out. There's also a lot of things that you probably have just laying around your house that are great for your skin. Witch hazel, I love to use as a toner honey and turmeric mixed together make an amazing mask because honey is antibacterial and turmeric is anti-inflammatory it's going to help reduce redness and help reduce uh, blemishes you can just mix those two things together and slap it on your face i love rose water also as a toner you can even up level this and pour some rose water into an ice cube mold and then use that to ice your face after you cleanse that's one of my favorite things to do in the summer so there's so many ways to switch up your routine and make your skincare non-toxic and much safer for your hormones so number 10 hot girl hormone habit is to use clean beauty and skincare products Thank you so much for tuning into the Spring to Life podcast this week for part two of Hot Girl Hormone Habits. Check out the show notes for all the resources mentioned in this episode, and there were a lot, so I'm going to make sure that all of those links are available. If you have any questions about the habits that we discussed in this episode, feel free to reach out. My DMs on Instagram are always open. 
And if you learned something new or if you resonated with this conversation, please share. Tag me in your Instagram stories. I'm at Spring to Life Method. Leave a five-star review or simply share this episode with a girlfriend because all women deserve to know their superpower. 